Abundant blessings. This is Wynell Freeman, and welcome to my podcast. It's morning all day long. It's never too late for a fresh start. It's morning all day long. Let's talk. If I can be perfectly honest, there have been times in my life that I have found myself imprisoned by one or more of the episodes of life into which the serialized story of my existence is divided. During those times, I experienced intrusive flashbacks that caused me to relive painful experiences again and again. Even my dreamscape seemed to be held hostage. Dreams all of a sudden, were not dreams at all. They were actually nightmares because all I could see was the thing that caused my pain. The faces and the places of the violators of my soul had invaded my rest and shaped the thoughts and images of my mind, even while I slept. Asleep or awake, I found myself trapped in an event cycle. There was a constant repetition of the facts centered around the theme of whatever traumatized me. For periods of time, even in crowds, I felt disconnected from others. Therefore, I missed so many of the benefits of connectedness. I missed the benefits of being a part, an active part of community. I missed the blessing of mutual exchange in relationships. Imprisoned by a few life occurrences, I found myself ambivalent about the future. Not a whole lot mattered, so I found myself involved in some pretty self-destructive behaviors. I was quite irritable, easily angered, super sensitive, and the list could really go on. All because I was trapped by an event. Here's something that holds true in the case of every individual who finds himself in this place. Living trapped by the happenings of yesterday blinds us to the opportunities of today and deprives of the schedule to benefit from our presence tomorrow. I'm going to say that again. Living trapped by the happenings of yesterday blinds us to the opportunities of today and deprives others scheduled to benefit from our presence tomorrow. There is a biblical narrative of devastation of being trapped by an event. That to me is one of the saddest in the Bible. Let's look at it. It is the story of Tamar. Tamar was a daughter of King David and Mecca, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. Absalom was Tamar's full brother. He was also a son of David and Mecca. Amnon was King David's firstborn son to Ahinoam of Jezreel. Tamar and Absalom and their half-brother Amnon all had the same father, King David. 
but as we've read, different mothers. Although King David was a great man of God, his family was plagued by serious issues. One of the most contemptible incidents we find in 2 Samuel 13, 1 through 19, it was the rape of Tamar. Let's read it. I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version. Now Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And after a time, Amnon, David's son, loved her. And Amnon was so tormented that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said to him, O son of the king, why are you haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me? And Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, let my sister Tamar come and give me bread to eat and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon laid down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Pray, let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar saying, Go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house where he was lying down. And she took dough and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and emptied it out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, send out everyone from me. So everyone went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the chamber that I may eat it from your hand. And Tamar took the cake she made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. But when she brought them near to him to eat, He took hold of her and said, come, lie with me, my sister. She answered him, no, my brother, do not force me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this wanton folly. As for me, where could I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the wanton fools of Israel. Now, therefore, I pray you, speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. But he would not listen to her. And being stronger than she, he forced her and he laid with her. Then Amnon hated her with very great hatred, so that the hatred which he hated her was greater than the love which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, arise, be gone. But she said to him, wait, no, my brother. But this is wrong in sending me away. This is greater than the other which you did to me. But he wouldn't listen. He called the young man who served him and said, put this woman out of my presence and bolt the door after her. Now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves. For thus were the virgin daughters of the king clad of old. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent the long robe which she wore. And she laid her hand on her head 
and she went away crying aloud as she went. Listen at the aftermath. And her brother Absalom said to her, has Amnon, your brother, been with you? Now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this to heart. So Tamar dwelt a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. Oh, let's look at it. How traumatizing. Her half-brother. Her half-brother. Let's look at that. Had he been whole himself, had he been undamaged, had he been healthy in his body, mind, and spirit, he would not have done such a thing. His lust, lust knows no boundaries. Lust knows no boundaries. He refused to hear her requests because the lust of the perpetrator silences the voice of the victim. He wanted her so bad that as we read, he became sick and listened to his cousin, who was the spirit of the enemy of her future. He inquired about his inner longings, gained his confidence, and gave him the diabolical plan. And listen what, what Amnon says to her. He calls her Absalom's sister. He distances himself from their bloodline to justify in his own mind that what he would do would be right in the fulfilling of his lust. <laughs> Listen, the enemy in Jonadab stresses his royal connections. Like, oh, you're the son of the king. In other words, you're like your father. You can have whatever you want. They hatched the plot. Tamar went right into this situation on her father's orders. I need to tell somebody today, you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's not your fault what happened to you. She went because she was ordered by her father to do so. She went to serve and ended up raped. <laughs> she went to serve and ended up raped. It's not your fault. Whatever the event was, it's not your fault. Tamar pleaded with him, don't do this. She said, you can ask the king to marry me. And he won't withhold, but that's not what he wanted. He rapes her. Not only is she, is she raped, she's a victim of incest. This is her brother. She was wronged by her bloodline. After the rape, now she's rejected. He hated her with the same level of love that he loved her. How traumatizing. She's thrown out. Amnon has his servant remove her from the premises. He used her for his purpose and then threw her away. Her brother Absalom sees her and, and he, he takes her into his house. He asks her what happened, but he does nothing to address the pain. He says, this is your brother. Don't say anything. Be quiet. Then David hears about it. And he does nothing. He refused to enforce the Levitical law found in Leviticus 18, 9 through 11, that gave the parameters and the foundational structure by which a rapist should have been held accountable. But he did nothing. And look what happened to Tamar. She remained muted 
and desolate in her brother's house for the rest of her life. You see it in 2 Samuel 13 and 20. So Tamar remained desolate. That means she remained in a state of bleak and dismal emptiness. She remained empty, bare. Oh, my goodness. Harsh, probably difficult to live with. She was isolated. That had to be a miserable existence. She was probably despondent, depressed, downcast, devastated in her brother Absalom's house. But she was still in Amnon's bed, in her mind, in her emotions. She was trapped by the event. Tamar's name is of Hebrew origin. It means a date palm tree. And according to Hebrew beliefs, the palm tree symbolized victory, triumph, peace, and eternal life. But none of that played out in the life of Tamar. She was, again, in Absalom's house. Absalom means the father of peace, while mentally and emotionally, she was in Amnon's bed as a discarded princess. She lived the rest of her life trapped by a traumatic event. Listen, today, let me challenge you to refuse to live bound by the events orchestrated by the enemies of your future to keep you from the fulfillment of your purpose in the earth. You must make a choice not to live confined by the chains of life happenings. Traumatic events have to be faced head on with a determination to rise above and stand strong once again. It is important. Look at how many people missed out just on what Tamar's name meant, who she was supposed to be to others in her future. If you find yourself in this predicament, seek help. Psychological and emotional responses to things we encounter have to be worked through. Center will require getting in touch with trauma-related emotions, thoughts, and conclusions drawn about ourselves and the world around us. I sincerely believe that professional help is needed to help us work through these processes. The right help will show you how to integrate the experience into your life journey and teach us how to grieve losses and ultimately help us rise up and go forward. Here's a few types of therapy from self.com that may show you what kind of therapies are available depending on your goals. You want to reclaim what trauma has taken away from you. Prolonged exposure helps you take back pieces of your life. This is a form of therapy, PE. It helps you take back the pieces of your life. It's like getting behind the wheel again after a car accident. In these sessions, you can talk out your fears and gradually expose yourself to maybe what you've been avoiding. Then there's cognitive process therapy. That helps you recover your self-esteem, your hope, and brings you back into being able to connect with other people. It gives you the space to challenge negative thoughts or those black and white beliefs about yourself and the world that have been keeping you down or limiting your opportunities. Listen, it's time to rewrite the script of your life. 
You are not going to allow those things that have occurred to keep you from being who God placed you in the earth to be. You want to process traumatic memories that are still haunting you. There is a form of therapy called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing that involves going back and remembering the traumatic event in order to give yourself the opportunity to process the memory in a safe environment. Then there's a behavioral therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy. That can help you cope with flashbacks and other manifestations of trauma through grounding techniques. They'll teach you how to relax again. They'll teach you the power of positive self-talk. All of these things can help us. These are only a few methods of help available to help us through the devastations that have improperly shaped how we see ourselves and others. I want to challenge you today. Do not live your life like Tamar. Do not remain desolate. Do not remain in a place where you are empty and bare. That is not why God placed you here. It is time for you to rise up and decide, I will not live trapped by these events. We will talk again. Well, you know what? Before I go, let me repeat this to you. Living trapped by the happenings of yesterday blinds us to the opportunities of today and deprives others scheduled to benefit from our presence tomorrow. We need you. Rise up and decide to live. I declare today that you are free from the tormenting thoughts of your past and you will no longer live trapped by an event. We'll talk again real soon. Fresh start anytime.